Hey, brewery lovers, we just wanted to make sure you knew about the latest Brew Daddy podcast, the DC Daily Brews, coming out every single day at 7 a.m., giving you a rundown of everything happening in the DMV, in the craft brewing community. So if you'd like to get a daily update, go ahead and go to your favorite podcasting service, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, any of those, and subscribe right now to the DC Daily Brews. Thanks very much. Hey there, brewery lovers. Welcome back to Brew Daddies. We are here in Manassas, Virginia at the Bad Wolf Brewing Company with Jeremy and Sarah Myers. And this is the smallest brewing place, (laughs) brew house (laughs) I've ever been in. But it's really cute. And very comfortable, and there's great yeah. art on the walls. So, and uh, very good beer. And very that. good beer. We've really been enjoying uh, the beer, and I'm looking forward to the rest of them that are on this table. So, why don't you guys uh, introduce yourselves really quickly and tell the listeners sort of the history of Bad Wolf Brewing? Well, thanks for having us on the show. Jeremy and I, we met in when? 2007? Seven. Seven. Six. And six, something like that. I don't remember. So I'm uh, I'm Jeremy. I'm the head brewer here at Bad Wolf Brewing Company and the head uh, bottle washer, janitor, um, <laughs> server, payroll server, all that good stuff. Yeah, I've been brewing for 21, 22 years now. I started brewing before I was 21 because I had gotten, I came back from Germany, a class trip to Germany and found a homebrew kit and was like, oh, cool, I can make my own beer at home. <laughs> and so I just did it on the stove when my parents were out of town. It was fantastic. Uh, no, it wasn't fantastic. It was awful, but um, but it got me it got me into the brewing. So so yeah. Then when when Sarah and I met um, a few years after Sarah and I actually a year after we got married or a few years after we got married, um, you were she was in an entrepreneurship class at George Mason and couldn't figure out the business plan to write. And so uh, I said, why well, why don't you do a brewery or brew pub? And so she did. And the team came to our house and we brewed a beer. And it was really good, and she won her competition. Yeah, and I think it's the beer that's on tap, the Birdie's Pale Ale, I, I think which you're is absolutely kind of right. funny because we hadn't brewed that one in probably five years. So, um, yeah, you could technically say it's award-winning. So when it's okay, so <laughs> you, I mean, that's really it's really really cool. In fact, that that this all started out of an entrepreneurship program, mm-hmm. um, not which is different than most of the breweries that we've spoken to. You know, which are home brewers who say, hey, let's go out and make a business out of this, right? You were a business sort of looking, you, you were somebody who wanted to do business looking yeah. for a business to have, and you were a home brewer, and Bad Wolf was born out of that. So when were you founded? So we were founded in June of 2012. Okay, and wow. Yeah, so way back in the day, I guess this area really was just an empty gold mine of opportunity, if you will, to us, because really? yeah. we, we were thinking, well... We'll just open a brewery someday when we're retired up in Maine, you know, and mm-hmm. and just hold off on the idea because the law wasn't really conducive to uh, a brewery concept unless you had a brew pub. Um, and at the time in Virginia, we were like, well, we don't want to run a restaurant. That was the last thing on our mind. Sure. So yeah. um, it came to be that we found out after you had an interesting day at work one day, um, we found out the law was changing. I had an interesting day at work where I was fed up with customers. And so I, this is a couple of years after her class, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I called ABC and said, what do I do 
what do I need to do to start a brewery? And they said, oh, you need to do this, this, and this, and the other thing. And then they said, don't forget, in July, the law changes so you don't have to serve food. And I, I was just like, what, what, what? I don't have to serve food. So so we, um, I told Sarah about it. I called her on my lunch break and said, hey, we don't have to serve food if we open a brew pub. And like, I got home and we had a, we had a website. We were incorporated and we had a yeah. tax ID. And I was like, oh, oh my God, <laughs> Whoops, okay, did I here that? we go. <laughs> did, you, did you like do that like in the afternoon? It, it, it was pretty fast. I think we had the uh, business plan already ready to go, but we just had to alter it to, well, we, well, we had to basically the re- rewrite the entire business plan. But, still, but yeah. Yeah, there was a business plan in place already, and and it was it was very quick. When I said, "Hey, we don't have to have food," and Sarah said, "Oh, we're ready to go. You need to start filing your TTB apps." And I was like, "Oh." My issue is that when you tell me about an opportunity, I kind of I think I go into it without even thinking. Sometimes (laughs) maybe yeah. (laughs) So we're like, "Let's do it. It sounds great." Yeah, exactly. And it worked out here, right? So, so next thing we know, uh, we were opening the doors June. 19th 2013 it was father's day Mm -hmm. like week it was that wednesday it was a wednesday and we had a line going from here all the way down to the end of this plaza and it was the first brewery in prince william county first in prince william county first in manassas city manassas city and and it was ridiculous because we only had two parking spaces out there blocked off with a couple of tables because we were like i will have 60 or 70 people show up and there was just, this it was crowd. I don't know. It was ridiculous. There was wow. a line going all the way down the plaza and around the corner, people waiting to get in. So we were trying to get people in, get them their beers and then move them out. And yeah. we had this tiny little space out there. When you look at the pictures of it, it, it just looks comical. It looks ridiculous. Wow. We'll so. send some of those and we'll put them in the, we'll put them in the show notes. And sure. Stuff, sure. Yeah. You know, so people can see it when, when you talk about it. So, so you clearly got popular pretty quick, but let's first of all explain the kind of brewery this is to the listeners, right? So you had all these people out the door, but you guys aren't, you know, working on fifty barrels or hundred barrel kind of systems here. This is not no. um, this is not a, what we what even somebody would call a, a microbrewery or really a brew pub. This is a nano brewery. So explain to the listeners sort of what levels you guys are, are producing at. Yeah, we're definitely nano. I, somebody called us in a review once. Um, they called us a brew parlor, which I really liked. Dude, that's nice. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, we're, we brew 40 gallons at a time, so one, one and a third barrels uh, at a time. Um, I ferment in you know very inexpensive um, polyethylene barrels. Um, we use corny kegs to serve the beer. Uh, it's all very kind of minimalist, very very cheaply done. Sarah and I built this place with literally with our savings account um, when we did. Because the banks were like, well, you guys don't have any experience. Why do we want to invest in you? Exactly, right. yeah. Right. yeah. So we've, we've always been, um, we don't have the proper kind of um, temperature control glycol systems, um, stuff like that to, to, to consistently reproduce a, a, a I don't want to. I don't want to say we don't produce a consistent product because our. I think our beer is consistently good. It's just different beer all the time, right? Which is kind of our shtick, right? It's you come in, <laughs> you come in on on Wednesday and there's six beers up there, and then if you come back on Sunday, there might be one or two of them might be different, and if you come back the following week, there's probably three or four of them are going to be different. So that's that's our our shtick, kind of like um, super experimental and. Just screwing around. So how many batches are you brewing a week? Typically, I brew two to three times a week. 
40, 40 gallon batches two yep. to three times a week. Yep, right. exactly. So I get about, um, w- once everything's said and done, um, out of a batch, I get about eight sixtals, which works out. It's nice. It, it's a, uh, we have a beer that'll last, a popular beer will last about a week and a half. Um, the, the less popular beers, the slightly more experimental beers, the ones that I brew for myself, <laughs> they typically last a couple of weeks. So, And I think in the beginning, we had to allocate beer. So when we saw the crowds coming, we were like, oh, we don't want to shoo people away. But so what we did was just say we're open until this beer allocation is, is well, yeah, we had completed. A, we had a daily, mm-hmm. a daily quota because we didn't want to go through all of our beer on Wednesday and then be closed for two weeks while right. we're waiting for more beer right. to, to finish. So we had, I had six kegs kind of allocated for every day. And when we went through those six kegs, we would throw our hands up and say, sorry, everybody, we're out of beer. You got to go home, come back tomorrow. And I think oh. we did the fastest, I think we went through it was like 45 minutes. 45 minutes, yeah. Wow. So we six, put a, yeah, six, 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 six stills in 45 minutes. 45. We, we opened the door at, no, it was not 45 minutes. It was an hour and 45 minutes. Was it? So we opened the door at four o'clock and people were standing outside with, with you know, double fist and growlers. And they came in, and um, by 5.45, we closed and went home. Wow. Shortest work day crazy. ever. Yeah. 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 <laughs> An hour and 45-minute work day. We sold six sixtals of beer. It was great. So we're thinking to ourselves, wow, we need to expand really quick. So that, that was the other seed that had been planted because I think originally we wanted to be larger, but the uh, funds wouldn't allow for that. So yeah. sure. that would have been a safer – I mean, I don't know necessarily safer, but it would have been a lot easier to handle – the, the, the customers if we had been bigger, but it allowed for a lot of experimentation at the same time. Because I think, how many recipes do you have over 400 to 500 recipes now? Or maybe I think it's should... approaching 500 recipes now. Not yeah. all of them are good. Let's be clear. <laughs> yeah. There are, there just... are misses in there too. Yeah, a but... few. Only a few. You're a critic on yourself. Yeah. I mean, it. Well, I tell you what, out of the, out of the 500, roughly 500. Yeah. How many of them would, do you think you'll do again? So, See, that's <laughs> well, that's the thing about you. You are just he gets bored really easily, so it's a matter of him. He, I may, he's like, I may well, not do any of them again. Yeah, he's just like, <laughs> but if it was me, I would be. I would say like like one percent you've really complained about and said like, oh, that was a waste. Well, yeah, okay. Seriously, so or the, maybe I'm just there's I'm a, hard on you. There's a particular beer that we brewed in here that that I complain about a lot. That, that my customers, my employees. Uh, um, at the time, uh, really, really enjoyed this beer, and I absolutely hated it. And so I, I don't want to ever brew that beer again, but I will because my customers keep asking me for it. So my employees, um, when we were closing the big spot and everything was happening, a couple of them came over here and they printed out the recipe for this particular beer and hid it behind one of the picture frames, and I still haven't found it. So they were afraid I was going to come and delete it off the computer. which was, <laughs> uh, Yeah, so, but I do have to brew that beer again. It's, uh, it's, it's called the... Can I say the name? Yeah, yeah, go it's for it. It's called Jezebel, and it's like lavender, and, and I don't know. Like, to me, it's like... It's honestly, just a like, lavender pale ale. It's like hand soap to me <laughs> because of the lavender, and I right. just think of hand soap. Yeah, yeah lavender could be the kind of thing that some that some people like and other people yeah. are like, eh. I'm just... Oh, it, when I, I take a sip of the beer, and it just it, it's perfume in my mouth, and I yeah. don't like it. But, and, but and Adam, so many you people particularly do. do not like perfumey. I do yeah. not like perfumey beers. Yeah. Yeah. That's the beauty though, of our... Weird, our business so. concept is that we can pretty much do whatever and if someone likes it okay i guess we're gonna brew it you know yeah so. and if no one likes it then, then you know it's whatever it's only a hundred bucks or something in grain so 
not that. That's big also deal. an interesting sort of component that I hadn't thought of. It's like your investment in a batch of beer minimal it's, mm-hmm. it's not if it doesn't go well yeah it's not as though you know oh shit we've got to you know it just means more you know something that you have to brew again and then you're losing time you're, right well and i and i i tend to be much much more careful when it comes to beers that have um like a really big hop hop schedule or or right. um, or fruit or a lot of spices or something because that's that's just a lot more money that goes into it um obviously hops are crazy expensive so if you're using uh, like lemon drop and azaka, and you know a lot of these other you know high end hops, Eldorado stuff like that in a beer. You you want to make sure that um, that the grain bill is going to be palatable to folks before you throw seventy five dollars worth of hops in there. So right, right. Are there any beers that you do brew more frequently than others? I definitely brew Jesse's Girl more frequently uh, as a as a whole. In here in the last five or so months since we closed the big spot. Um, we haven't, there hasn't been anything I've brewed more often than anything. Well, yeah, there probably is actually the Mabel's mystery milk stuff that's up there right now. I've brewed that twice already in the last four months. People just really liked it the first time. So, um, you've been going crazy with, uh, fruit beers too, right? Like with raspberry, especially I have, I have been going a little crazy with raspberry. (laughs) We, we, so when at the production facility, we were producing, um, Mother Pucker a lot, which I don't know if you guys have heard about Mother Pucker, but it's our sour raspberry beer. Mm, and read about it. Yeah, people really, really dug it, and so we were ramped up and ready to produce to to brew a a thirty barrel batch of Pucker. So I had all this raspberry puree ready to go, and then we closed the big spot. So I had all this raspberry puree to bring back over here. Now I have to use it on something. Right. So, right. A lot of raspberry beers floating around. Yeah. Well, you, okay. So you, a couple of times you've mentioned the big spot and closing the big spot. Yeah. So tell us, I mean, you talked about sort of opening and wow, all these people showed up and suddenly, you know, you're having to allocate beer. So sort of there's a phase two to Bad Wolf, right? Yes. And that's what you refer to as the big spot. So tell us a little bit about that and how that went and what happened there. So yeah, the, the big spot or big Bad Wolf is what we called it at the time um, was... Uh, warehouse on the other side of town from where we are right now. Um, we opened that up, 6,200 square foot warehouse with um, a 10 barrel brew house and six 10 barrel fermenters and a 10 barrel bright tank. And it was very promising. It was very exciting. It was very stressful. And then... Um, Extremely stressful. A couple of years in, um, it, it was still... We were still kind of ramping up to that break-even point and we had pretty much hit it. And we were very excited that uh, 2018 was going to be the the profitable year for us with uh, with Big Bad Wolf. And then um, a couple places opened locally, and all of our customers just exodus to the new the new breweries. And, and, and a lot of them came back over the course of a few months. But at that point, it was uh, it was just too much. Mm-hmm. And we had a baby right. And we Smack had a baby right at the same time. Oh, yeah. So we were just like, I was toast. I could not even focus on yeah. anything but this kid. That so, was a challenge, too, compared to the first. So Very challenging kid yeah. compared to the first. Normal kid. Just the first He's, one was ridiculously easy. So. Yeah, and this one was just a, like, what the hell? So, <laughs> yeah. Where did this come from? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What did I sign up for? So we um, we closed um, Big Bad Wolf um, in what, April 29th, April, right? Yep. was the last day. And came back here, kind of retracted back to our roots here, and just um, started uh, 
kind of really just concentrating on the experimental batches again and instead it, it of the became, production stuff. It became fun again. It, yeah, it was, yeah, absolutely. It was seriously, I mean, I hate to say this, but it was it was getting to be a chore because we were stretched so thin that our family was being kind of torn apart. And it was and like we had to just, run a business or something. Yeah, <laughs> we didn't sign up for that. We were supposed to be making beer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, but it, it just became so difficult because right. you just there's so much to it that you don't think of. Even if you plan it all out, there's – and I just – I think that our – that's that was our capacity. Well, we learned very quickly. So, we're well, happy now. I mean, look, it was smart, smart to realize that and back up from that, mm-hmm. you know, and and retract and have a successful business rather than sort of like, no, we're going to make this work. We're going to make this work. Uh, yeah. yeah. Until it either tore your family apart or tore Which the business we, apart. Was, or, well, I mean, we did that for, for quite a while. We kind of did it and we still hung on. I mean, we're still banging married. our heads against the we're wall still married i mean there's a lot of people i <laughs> know still married, that yeah. were they, they split apart and it was just really rough for families that we knew having issues like this too so yeah. we're like well we made it through we're really happy we made it through yeah it's 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 i've worked with a lot of startups and a lot of businesses over the last almost 10 years now and that's that knowing when to say all right wait like how do we how do we do what we love again mm-hmm. um, instead of doing this thing that we think we're supposed to be doing next in our business or this sort of growth? Yeah, it's 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 a tough thing for people to figure out. So kudos to you guys for being like, nope, this is the way we need to yeah. do it. And I know it probably was not that easy. No, <laughs> no, no it was. Woke up one day and we're like, no, oh, no, it was. No, we're gonna do this differently. <laughs> it was definitely like some nights that were just like you can't sleep. And I mean, yeah. we could go into detail forever about it, but right. we're so happy that we're just moving forward now. Yeah, it, it yeah. was definitely. It was not it was an easy decision. Dark but, days. <laughs> but once once that decision was made, it got a lot easier. It got easier to come back here and focus on you know having fun and, and making beer that that. Really, the kind of the litmus test is: Would I want to drink this beer? Right. Except for the for that one beer. That's you know. <laughs> <laughs> There's always got to be one. There's got to yeah. be the one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I actually wanted to ask a question that I've been wondering. I guess since I heard the name of the brewery. Oh, okay. Yep. So yep. I hear the name of the brewery. The first thing that came to mind to me was Doctor Who, and then I went to your website and I saw that you have the TARDIS spinning as a transition. Yeah, you mean the, pl- the police call box? The, you mean yes. the police call box. Yeah. The police call box, yeah, excuse me. Yeah, yeah. It's not a TARDIS, of course not. <laughs> so, the name. How did you come up with it? Well, you know, if you look around the brewery, uh, you might see some clues to that, actually. <laughs> we have some autographed paraphernalia around here. So, uh, But, yeah, you, you're quite that. astute. It did come from Doctor Who. Uh, I was... We're not we're not huge Whovians or anything. Uh, I I love the show and I I watched it. Don't I tell was our watching it. That. I, I was I was watching the show like when we it. came you up with it. You know you do. I do like it. You I like it do. a lot. But you're trying to get me to watch it. Come on now. You watched some of it. You watched some of it. You I didn't watched, watch it like I, I did. I watched everything but. until the 50th anniversary episode, which I think I just got pregnant or something. <laughs> well, well, things change. Screw this. But. I'm having a baby. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> But yeah, I was I was pretty um, I was pretty into the show when we were coming up with the business plan and we were looking for a name and we went through a whole bunch of iterations for names and then um, I was in the second season of Doctor Who watching the whole Bad Wolf thing happen and I was like hey, that's, that's a cool. pretty cool name let's use that <laughs> and uh, and it made sense because like in the show you know Bad Wolf is uh, kind of like an ethereal concept more than a character and that's kind of what I I, I don't know my lofty ambition was for for Bad Wolf Brewing Company to be this like 
idea that spread across the country. <laughs> Obviously, that's actually, probably not going to happen with a 40-barrel system or 40-gallon 40, 40 <laughs> system. Tried. But, we but, tried. Yeah, but we did our best. We did our best. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and we, we still maintain, you know, our, uh, our roots. We've got – there's little um, Easter eggs all over the place that, that people can see. And maybe nice. some not-so-little Easter eggs, too, that you guys might notice later. So, awesome. So, we, before we started talking on air – we were talking a little bit about how you had homebrewers come sometimes to brew on your system with you. Can mm-hmm. you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Um, I, we're such an experimental place and we're so kind of, it's so easy for us to change things up and do different stuff all the time. Um, so one of my, the, the first time that we've done this is one of my um, Stein Club members brought me a recipe for a red IPA and we brewed it in here and it was very popular. It's gone now, of course. Um, but previously I've had, um, I've had homebrew clubs come in, uh, and they've brewed on my system and then taken the wort home with them. Obviously there's no alcohol leaving the building at that point. They're just using the system to produce wort, not beer. We should be very clear about that for ABC. Um, but they, uh, they had, they came in, they had a great time. Um, it was a private event and everybody was hanging out and, uh, I was in here serving beers to everybody and they were enjoying the, the system and what little I might be able to teach them mostly about the system, but, um, but it worked out great. There were eight guys, each brought a five gallon bucket. Each guy brought a batch of beer home with them and they all got to hang out here and do it all at the same time. So that, I mean, that's something that we've done in the past. I would, I, I like the idea of doing that in the future. And I have a few folks who want to bring me homebrew recipes to brew in here and, and slap their name on it too. So if you guys know anybody that wants to Mm-mm. participate in <laughs> I that. I might bring them the, um, remember that smoked? Oh yeah, that was very nice. I had a smoked habanero. Oh. But you you got to come brew it with me. It was, and I made it like once and it was the first time I made it and I was a new home brewer. It was outstanding. Like everybody was like, wow, this is amazing. You should open your own brewery, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then the second time I made it, it was like, yeah, this is pretty good. And then the third time I made it, it wasn't good. <laughs> and it's like, what's different? Yeah. yeah what changed? Yeah. That's you the know, hard part. Yeah. Like, yeah. how did it go from being, anyway. Um, but yeah, no, that sounds really interesting. And exciting to have like uh, all these different people in here brewing different things, talking about it, sort of, drinking yeah, your experimental beer. It's sort of like our unofficial guest brewer program. Right. right? So, yeah. No, that's really cool. But now, yeah, if you want to do it, you have to come brew it with me. Yeah. yeah. It's you can't just give me the recipe. You got to be here. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, absolutely. All right. I, I would love to be. Um, but you guys do a lot of this kind of like bringing people together, mm-hmm. um, bringing folks in to sort of do crafting kinds of things. So tell us a little bit about sure. some of the events that you guys have. So we. Uh, like originally when we opened, our focus was to try to create a sense of community, not even a sense, but a community space. Um, Because at the time there weren't breweries or any concept like this, we wanted to kind of try to set roots in the community and bring people together. And so um, some of We've also been here for our entire lives. So it just sort of made sense for us. Yeah, We're just homebodies, I guess. Um, And what? (laughs) 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 We... uh, we um, have programs like the Cafe Pottery, where you they have you know clay-fired um, pieces that come in, and then you have customers have a beer, paint some pottery, and they take it back, they fire it, and you go pick up your piece of pottery. You know, within a couple weeks, uh, we have the Wicks and Sips coming up, where you basically make your own candle with your scent, and um, we've done that one twice now, and yeah, it's been a big success. Like totally Everybody sold has a good out. Time. 
So uh, those have been successes. We have the book club from Hertzman County with the, the local library, and they come back here and they discuss their books. Um, we have, what else going on? Just, oh, featuring local artists. So our walls, like, I guess if you were to go to a typical gallery, I didn't realize how much, because I don't know a lot about art. Um, I didn't realize how much it costs to actually feature art in a gallery for an evening. And so we kind of do it as kind of a, hey, we want to help local artists out, come up, you know, for like two months, you can put your, your stuff on the wall. We, we have our ulterior motives too. We don't of want course. our walls to look bare, right? <laughs> but that, I mean, it's a win-win for everybody. Sure. Um, yeah. sure, so people come in and, and they get their, wall, wall, their art on the walls and they have a beer yeah. and bring some other people who haven't been here before. So it's just kind of who we are. Like, we just like to be part of the community. So excellent. Yeah. Lots and, of good stuff happening. And obviously, it brings people into the brewery, which is nice. But yeah. at the same time, I mean, it's not all about bringing people into the brewery. It's about um, being part of the part of the city, part of the community. And I think, you know, people, your customers will know if you're, like, doing it, like, you're doing it too much, where they can see that, oh, they're doing yoga again, or they're doing this event again. They're just, you know, I don't know. You can see when... It's it can like get gimmicky. Over, it's, yeah, a little gimmicky. I mean, we yeah. don't want to be too gimmicky, so we try to balance it out. <laughs> nice. We don't mind being a little gimmicky. A little well, bit. Sure. Yeah. I mean, a little gimmicky is okay. Yeah. Well, there's... Um, oh, I wanted to talk a little bit about the beer I'm drinking right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was oh, yeah. actually going to just bring that up, too. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The, S, the SP2. Winston. Yeah, let you yeah. take this away, Adam. Sour beer. It has such an amazing aroma. Thank you. Yeah. And it tastes uh it's just insane wow so this is, is you're so descriptive that's a you description can really yeah. you can really taste the gin it's, yep. it's aged it in really gin can. barrels you can you can get it in the aroma you can taste it so it's um this is our second as denoted by sp2 it's our second solera barrel beer um i have four solera barrels back there each with a slightly different um bacterial biome uh, and two of them are um, gin barrels and two of them are bourbon barrels. Now, the, the goal is over the course of a few years is the barrels are going to go neutral and there's not going to be any more of that strong sure. bourbon or gin flavor. But right now what we're getting is these amazing um, ginny flavors out of this beer. And the previous one was very bourbony. Um, but it's, um, yeah, it's just kind of an ongoing project. I'll, I'll keep those barrels for years and years and years. Um, it's been going, we've been doing it for, whoa, man, about 18 months now, I think. Um, I guess. And the yeah. first one uh, had aged for about nine months uh, when I pulled it out. This one aged for about um, 13 months before I pulled it out. Uh, and I'll, what I'm going to try, what I'm trying to do is getting into a schedule where I'm pulling out a, um, uh, a portion of the Solera. Are you guys familiar with Solera? Mm-mm. No. It's like a no. sourdough starter for sour beer. So oh, okay. you ah. have a barrel, um, a, a I guess any kind of an oak barrel, you could use a wine barrel. I, I happen to have bourbon and gin barrels available. So um, you, you use a barrel that is inoculated with um, Brettanomyces, Pediococcus, Lactobacillus. Um, sometimes a little bit of Acetobacter gets in there, which is not necessarily a bad thing as long as it doesn't take over. Um, but then you just kind of let it uh, mellow and age and you pull about half the barrel out every six months to a year and refill it with fresh um not work, but fresh beer. Mm. So what, what I do is I have um, a kind of a golden ale recipe that I ferment with sack. And then once it's done fermenting, I 
pump it into the barrel after I pull one of the one of the barrels. So you're working with a golden ale base. Yes, exactly. And then yeah. it's going into the Solera gin or bourbon barrel. Yep. Depending on what you're making. Yep. And then yep. six months, a year later, yep. thirteen months, however much later you pull that out. Pull pull a little bit of it out. You want yeah, you want to leave your starter behind. So right. Yeah. And then you get a DSB two Winston. Yep. And yep. then what's still in there, you're gonna put you're going to fill that barrel back up yep. with and your the, base. The bugs that live in the barrel at this point, they come out and they eat everything up. It, it's yeah. actually pretty interesting because I had a golden sour um, fermented with sack that was sitting back there for a few months, um, just kind of clarifying, attenuating, doing its thing. And it was way done, crystal clear when I pumped it into the barrel. You pump it in the barrel on the Brettanomyces that eats a lot of complex sugars that sack won't touch. I guess it went to work because that barrel the next day was spewing foam out oh, of the yeah. out of the uh, bung. So um, very strange. You, you pump a fully attenuated beer in, and all of a sudden there's more attenuation going on. Yeah, so, yeah, kind of weird. But interesting. Well, this is delicious. Thank you. And yes, it it's is. particularly surprising because it's eight percent. Is what the, it's probably <laughs> eight and change. Yeah. Um, it's difficult yeah. to really say because there are a few different batches of. Um, golden sure. sour that have gone in there yeah um, but and the attenuation slightly different on each one of those but so. it doesn't feel strong yeah you don't get that hot liquor taste at all yeah. no it's not no, boozy no. at all yeah. but once you finish that glass you and know you stand realize. up take a walk you'll see it's eight <laughs> percent probably gonna have to end our beer tasting for the yes, day we have, oh, to, oh, boy. <laughs> we have to drive all the way back to maryland oh jeez. Um, wow but that is really really tasty stuff well done sir Thank you. Thank you. We'll, we'll go through. So like I said, I have four barrels. I'll go through all four barrels and we'll just have kind of a straight um, example of what's coming out of each barrel. And then I'll start kind of getting into probably some blending with fruit or maybe with some other um, with some other sour beers that I'll do. So do something like a kettle sour um, and blend it with one of the Solera beers to get more sour, less funk mm-hmm. um, or take the Solera beer and blend it with fruits. I don't know. We'll get into that. I've got Solera is going to last for 20 years, so I've got a lot of time to mess around with it. So nice. We'll see how it goes. Will you guys have anything special coming up? Anything? Any big plans in the next couple weeks, couple we of do. months? We didn't talk much about our mother pucker, but that's our... Uh, yeah, tell us about that. I was reading about that. You talk about it since you're the brewer, and then I'll talk about when it's coming out. So um, I, I guess I have to I have to tell it in kind of the form of a story here. We um, I was not into sour beers at all. Did not like sour beer. Didn't like Brett beers, didn't like lacto beers, didn't like anything sour. It was like regular beer, let's do it. Fruit beer's okay, I like fruit beer, but sour beer was out. And then we had a, we had a group, a rabbit rescue group out of Fairfax that wanted to Friends come down. Friends of Rabbits. Friends of Rabbits mm-hmm. out of Fairfax that wanted to come down and do a, um, a charity event at Big Bad Wolf um, while we were open. This is three, four years ago, three years ago. And um, of course, we were like, yeah, of course, we'll, we'll do a charity event. And they, they said, can you brew a beer specifically for us? And I just out of nowhere, I don't know how the hell this happened, but just out of nowhere, I was like, how about a sour raspberry wit? And they were like, yeah, that sounds, sounds great. great. <laughs> I hung, okay. Yeah, and I hung up the phone. I was like, oh, crap, I don't know how to do a sour raspberry wit. So I had to, had to uh, do a bunch of research real quick, figure out about um, kettle souring. But then that, that beer, the first iteration of that beer was a hit. We had um, bottles, and it was called... Woody Bunny. Woody Bunny at the time. Oh, no. Nice. It was a spring yeah. beer. Not it was perfect Parker. for the bunnies and the Easter... It was. Else perfect spring that. beer, perfect, you know, Easter time <coughs> type beer. But it sold, um, it sold like crazy. The, uh, 
we had five or six, seven, no, I, it might have been like 15 or 20 cases of that beer that sold out that night. Everybody just wanted it. And of wow. course, we were selling it on tap too. So people mm-hmm. were, were tasting it before they were buying bottles. But it was popular enough that we decided to keep brewing it, but we wanted to change the name so it wasn't associated with the Rabbit Rescue anymore. Not not necessarily that it wasn't associated with them, but because we were going to keep making it not sure. as a charity beer. Um, so Mother Pucker was born, and it was super popular, stupid popular. Um, so, yeah, I, I have to brew more Pucker, and we're going to be putting that out into 22-ounce bottles at the end of the month. And also it'll be on tap. Uh, so there's a private release going on for our Stein Club members on the 26th of September. Right. And then the following day, the 27th, you'll see it be released to the public. So come and get that while it lasts. I don't know a few cases, right? I'm, I'm only going to have probably, you know, max 10 cases, but I don't know. I don't know how many. I'm gonna and have. this is case of 22. Cases of 22. Bottles. So ounce case bottles, of 22 yeah. ounce bottles is six. 12. 12? It's yep. still a bit of 12? Okay. Mm-hmm. Great. Yep. Then we have the You Will Not Like This IPA coming out. Shortly thereafter. It's kind of a Halloween. Wait, wait, wait. You Will Not Like This IPA. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I just want to make sure I heard that correctly. You we, did hear it correctly. When early on, people um, oh, yeah. people hassled me a lot to make a big, bitter West Coast style IPA, and I'm not into big, bitter West Coast style IPAs. Okay. So I kind of figured I was going to troll my customers, and I made a, um, a West Coast style IPA that was, a, on paper, 155 IBUs. <laughs> Um, wow. and eight, eight and a half percent and oak aged. And I was like, this is, this is going to shut everybody up. Right. So I call it, back. you will not like this IPA. And then everybody loved it. Like, oh, oh, shit. Shit. Now, now I have to keep brewing this beer. So, so, that's so yeah, we're, we're going to bring that back for the first time in like three years. It's been a while. Well, oh, wow. I think we might've had two, some leftover two inventory, or, but yeah, maybe two or three years we haven't had that beer, but we're going to have that back That'll again be, in, uh, in October. Yeah. October so. the 7th will be for the Stein club members. And then on the 10th, uh, is it the 10th? We're probably releasing it on the 10th, which also happens to coincide with our beer dinner with Okra's down the street. Yep. It's a um, restaurant. It's a restaurant. Yeah, it's a, a Cajun yep. restaurant. Which yep. we have their gumbo stout from some well, of their the, ingredients. The owner helped me brew the gumbo stout. Mm-hmm. He brought the roux and he brought the okra. Oh, I'm going to totally have to try one of those. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I'm a huge mm-hmm. gumbo, okra, and habanero fan. It's actually really it, good. And it's not hot. The yeah. habanero, there's one habanero in there. Just mm-hmm. enough to give you a little bit of tickle in the back of the throat. Oh. So. Uh, all right. Let's see how it goes. Um, well, listen, you just mentioned your Stein Club a couple times. Why don't you tell the folks uh, listening to the podcast about the Stein Club? Yeah, it's um, it's pretty simple. It's not like a, a traditional um, it's not like a traditional mug club. Um, we don't keep the mugs here. We don't keep the Steins here. But uh, it's you you get a uh, you get your choice of an individual of a Stein, which are they're all. Uh, unique they're all handmade um dirty bird pottery say that again your mother dirty bird pottery yes my mother dirty bird pottery makes all of our steins oh nice yeah it's like these are handmade handmade. oh yeah ceramic this is a well real stein it's stoneware it's not ceramic so she actually throws it on a wheel oh okay um but still it's not yeah these aren't like you know, glasses from the, no, no, we know no, that have like them, sprayed yeah. on. Or no, we definitely on. did not buy these off Alibaba. They're from, uh, <laughs> they're from my mom. Wow. Um, these are real. Like I, yeah. I will try to post this, uh, somewhere for listeners, cool. but these are, these they are really, really are cool they're, they're looking. I so when you, you're not getting this out of the place. So yeah, that, when that, you're, the when price you're, that you pay is actually like, I mean, the, if we were to actually charge you for the Stein, I mean, you're getting way more for your money. So. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's my listen. My yeah. wife at the Renaissance Fair yeah. has paid 
almost them. Yeah, for those <laughs> just, I've seen those. Just to get you know a stoneware, yeah, uh, uh, Stein, you know, mm-hmm. the Renaissance Festival, Maryland Renaissance, Renaissance Festival on it. Yep, yep. So yeah, and, and so. the folks who are members, they get um, they get discounted pours all the time with their with their Stein, and they get access to our uh, member only parties, yep. and they get um, early access to um, beer releases, as mm-hmm. we were just saying. And 20% off merch, birthday discount. And, of course, uh, if you were new with us, it's only $75. but it's Because you already have a Stein. Right? Yeah. So right. you're special. <laughs> but it's 100 bucks to get in. And, you know, we have, like, quite a little, like, cute crowd of, of folks who are just, um, they, like, they just really love the camaraderie. And that's why they signed up was really socially. I think a lot of people wanted to join. Yeah, a lot of it is, yeah. So, yeah, it's really a good deal, I think. We have a pretty <laughs> tight-knit um, group of regulars in here. So during the week, you, you see a lot of the same faces. Um, but then on the weekends, it opens up. And obviously, people travel a lot more on the weekends anyway. Yeah, so especially right. in Northern sense. Virginia. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, there's a. I mean, there's definitely a large community of people who travel to try breweries or yes. to try beer in the whole sort of D.C., Maryland, Virginia, Northern Virginia. And not a lot of that yeah. happening on Wednesdays and Thursdays. Exactly. No. Right. <laughs> but on the weekends, yeah, yeah you yeah. get a lot more. Yeah. So. yeah. We really want to thank you guys for uh, letting us come down here and talk to you guys and try your beers and hear about a nano brewery really doing a lot of amazing experimental stuff. And there's, um, quite, a, there's quite a few yeah. breweries in Manassas, too. So, sure. you know, if, yeah. you, if, if one were to make the jaunt you know out to the boonies of manassas um it wouldn't be for not there's there's uh one two three four breweries in the city alone what are the breweries here so we have sinistral because so, i have because like yeah. so so I, and i will say this for the listeners too and i sure. meant to say that at the beginning of the podcast you know the brew daddies now has a new podcast that we're putting out every single day it's called the dc daily brews and it's essentially a rundown of what's happening in the entire dmv area so mm-hmm. we really go from you know, Purcellville, Virginia, mm-hmm. all the way up to Frederick and almost to Baltimore. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking a lot about stuff going on in Baltimore, but, you know, and then down uh, through Maryland and, and of course, D.C. Um, so I'm, tr- I'm like, as I'm doing yeah. this and I'm like trying to see what's going on every day, I keep discovering new breweries so, that I've never heard. Yeah, of. there's several around here. Um, all right. So, so, so yeah, let's yeah in the past, I guess, five years, we've got Heritage opened up six months after us and they're actually right across the street over here. Um, and they're a quite a large production facility. Mm-hmm. And then you have Sinistral, more mom and pop and just focuses on beers, mostly on site. And then there's Tucked Away Brewing, which actually purchased our old space. Um, and they just opened up this past... For the Big Bad Wolf? Yeah, space? they just yeah. opened up this past weekend. So they're up and running. Then Wait, you what are they called again? I'm sorry. Tucked Away Brewing. Tucked Away Brewing. Because they're tucked away. Right. Tucked away back in a little industrial yep. plaza, a little light industrial plaza. Yeah, yeah. Nice. and then you have Two Silos, a massive, huge brewery in the old um, barn house down here, just about two miles away. And then we have... Public um, House. Um, Public House, which uh, yeah. is downtown. downtown again. I, there's no way yeah. and then there's <laughs> can do Eve, it daily. Yeah, there's Eavesdrop <laughs> like Brewing. Podcast about everything going on over brewery. Which is on the entrance of Manassas. It's a little area called I've Yorkshire. heard of none of these. Yeah, and then... Yeah. Oh, they're yeah. mostly... Most of them are, are real small. Um, and with the exception of Heritage... And Two I don't Silos. Think, two Silos is huge. With the exception of Heritage, yeah. I don't think anybody in Manassas or, or uh, Prince William County right... Well... Manassas is distributing. Hmm. Two silos and eavesdrop aren't technically in Manassas, but but I don't think either one of them are distributing either. So 
Yeah, um, it's more of a, it's more of a brew pub kind of yeah of, of environment. Or, Eves, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Eves is just like us, just brews on site. Sinistral, same thing, but they par- partner up with some of the local restaurants, and then you have Heritage, like has a lot of food trucks out. Yep. Hmm. Um, and then I think they're about to open up a facility just across the street from Two Silos, and it's going to be a barbecue combination nice. uh, facility, anchoring yep. a large. Um, shopping center over there oh excellent yeah so. well we're definitely seeing that you know we live in maryland uh just on the north side of dc and we're seeing a lot more of this sort of i won't say nano brewer but like a, a lot more folks are coming into the space going we're going to do a brew pub mm-hmm. yeah rather than a production yeah. brewery you know because we think we can do the restaurant and beer thing and keep production at that level and make the kind of beer we want to make but it's hard when you ramp it up to production level, mm-hmm. you know, and it changes everything it really about does. sort of. I mean, it's the distribution um, right, right now is a big, big deal in the production brewery um, game because you, if you are producing enough to to package and sell to the grocery stores and stuff, then now you have to fight for space because there are so many breweries that right. are fighting for space mm-hmm. in those grocery stores. And store the few distributors now. that there are, um, you have to kind of like squeeze your way into finding a distributor in the state of Virginia. Yeah, and that's that's yeah. kind of a feat of itself. Right. Yeah. Well, all right. Listen, Anyways, thank yeah. you guys so much. This yeah. has been a really and en- really enlightening conversation. <laughs> Great. Um, in a lot of ways. Thank uh, you for you having know, us. I mean, listen. Of course, Adam and I have talked about. Op- we joke about opening up a brewery. That's how we started. And yeah, it was a joke. <laughs> it really was a joke. We yeah, yeah. And, and you may be joking. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think your wife uh, <laughs> insists that we're joking. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, but, you, you know, need... I mean, we've talked about it, but this is this is this I think is has been has been inspiring in some way that there are ways to do it without being like okay, like if it, we have to do we have to be at three stars, we have to be a DC mm-hmm. brow, yeah, like yeah, we have to get yeah. to like this. You to have to work brewery. eighty hours a week. No, yeah, well, mm-hmm. well, I mean, you're always you, going to have to work eighty hours a week if you're starting a new yeah. business. That's you just, you might have to work, uh, but I don't think you let that happen. Like you're, you no, refuse to let yourself. So work you know, that I don't, much. I don't, I yeah. I'm in here five six sometimes seven days a week but it's um i don't know it's not 80 hours a week it's a lot of hard work i mean it's you know it's um my regular day is a 12-hour day but uh but i keep the weekends free to hang with the family and that's Mm -hmm. i got a good um i got a good server that helps me out on the weekends so and he makes the tip money to show it show for it too (laughs) which is nice so all right. Well, listen, yep. thanks so much for the listeners. If you're ever in Manassas or you live around here, definitely come check out Bad Wolf, Bad Wolf Brewing Company. Tell us where you are and how people can find you online. We're 9776 Center Street, Manassas. And we are on uh, Instagram and Twitter at Bad Wolf Brewing C. And, of course, the website is www.badwolfbrewingcompany.com, all spelled out. And Facebook and yeah, Facebook, you can find us there. Oh, we even have places. a YouTube channel. We have an attempt at a like YouTube six, channel. Six videos. Like six yeah, videos and climbing. Nice. <laughs> All right, well, thanks, folks. And don't forget to listen to the DC Daily Brews every morning, less than five minutes, everything going on in the DMV brewing scene for the day.